Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. If you haven't already and you're a new listener, uh, smash that subscribe button if you are a dedicated listener. Not saying that people that aren't subscribed aren't dedicated, but if you smash that subscribe button, if you haven't smashed that subscribe button, you should you should definitely do it by now. And if you're a return listener, I appreciate all the support. I really, really do. Um, everything has been amazing in my life. I've been doing so many podcasts. Life has been absolutely and utterly insane, but I'm so happy. I have a bunch of podcasts all lined up. They're all actually getting scheduled to be released, so it's not like it's going to be just off the cuff, hey, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, they're going to go up. They'll be released every Monday from now on. I have a bunch of the bank, so I'm actually going to be trapped. By the time you guys all hear this, I will already have hit the road traveling, but I just want to let you guys all know that Instagram, Harrison underscore Baron, Brutally Honest Podcast, BrutallyHonestPodcast.com, Patreon.com forward slash Brutally Honest Podcast. If you want to support the show, that's tremendous too. All right, guys. That's a shameless plug for myself. Um, what does the Patreon do? goes towards all advertising, new equipment, everything that I basically am going to need to help grow the podcast and ma- make the bo- podcast even better is exactly what the Patreon goes to. So just so you guys know, that's what that is. Now, I have... Three sponsors for you guys for this episode. My first sponsor is Dream Dance Fitness. They can be found over at dreamdancefitness.com. And if you're located on Long Island, which you probably are if you're listening to this, but not always, um, they have everything that you need to get in shape. They got everything from Zumba, yoga, pole dance. You know, they got uh, aerial hoops. It's It's literally a metal hula hoop hanging from the air. All right, you can go in there, work out, and uh, and get get in shape. And they got a bunch of other things. They got flexibility and restorative work, dance fusion, chairography, flexibility, all these different things. And they're constantly adding and looking to add uh, more and new um, classes to the lineup, so you can go check them out. And they got everything from packages to uh, all in, you know all inclusive. And you know, go with a friend if you're in the area. Stop by, and if you love it. They even got something to just say, hey, let's just do it for the rest of this year. And, uh, you know, I think finally people are probably figuring out that either they're going to stick with their New Year's resolution or not. But if you uh, if you gave up on it, then try something else. Maybe dance is the thing for you. They're located over in East Meadow, New York. Their address is 386 East East Meadow Avenue, East Meadow, New York, 11554. And uh, they're an adult dance class dance facility so don't think that you're going to be dealing with like young like little kids or anything like that it's predominantly young adults meaning like 20 years and older all the way up to you know full adolescence and stuff like that and they have just a an an amazing group of instructors that are always teaching uh new things so go check them out dreamdancefitness.com my second sponsor is somebody that you just heard on the podcast, uh, Elise Margolin uh, Photography, is a sponsor of the show. So if you're looking for either a headshot, if you have a company and you're looking to get on site, they have all of these different things, and they're going to bring uh, professional photographers in wherever you are to come either photograph the event, photograph your buildings, uh, you know, capture the moment. They specialize in... Um, real estate and landscape photography, as well as uh, very candid photos, you know, can't, photos that, you know, yes, they can be set up a little bit, but they they are so good at capturing the in the moment, um, the 
image, the feel, the emotions that that run through you. But and they do amazing, great headshots for the professional stuff. And honestly, whatever you need, if you just bring it to them, they will be more than happy to work around what you're looking for. So go check them out. Elise Margolin dot Zenfolio is how you get a get in contact with her, and she's available also on social media um, under e underscore margolin underscore photos and you can check out all the work that she's uh she's doing elise is the owner of it and uh she's got just some incredible photos on her instagram uh she's won several awards one of which being the iphone award um and it's it's just pretty cool she's just an absolute dear friend of mine and she just takes absolutely amazing photos and last but not least we have agile dragon consulting so what is Agile Dragon Consulting? Agile Dragon Consulting is a company that is going to make sure that your data is a, uh, agile. I almost said agile. Agile. And what is agile data? It's data that's going to be used appropriately for what you really need it to be used for. So businesses are constantly changing uh, what they're doing extremely rapidly in the business world and technology is always moving. So why not have the data that you work so hard to get work for you? Uh, you can go find them at agiledragonconsulting.com, A-G-I-L-E, dragonconsulting.com. And in there, you're going to see everything that they offer. Um, but they have an incredible amount of experience. They work with some of these amazing companies and really make your data work for you. If it's, you know, whether it's online traffic or in-house data, um, they're going to help provide you basically a synopsis with all of it so that way as a business owner you can make strategic um plans for your business whether you know maybe it's a different product that you need to offer or hey you know sales is not reaching out to this group of people or we're missing this margin they're going to explore and exploit all of those things so that way you can as a business owner can perform better does that make sense i know that's a lot of stuff and a lot of talking but that's all the sponsors huge thank you to all of them and that's it guys my guest today is a dear friend of mine, Christine Egan. She is an absolute gem. She's so smart. I actually met her when my buddy um, Brian Costello came into the podcast uh, studio with her, actually, and did his show, uh, The Fortress Podcast, F-O-U-R, Tress Podcast. And I got to meet her, and she's just absolutely amazing. They met through CrossFit. I don't fit of the cross, but... She's an absolute gem. She has some incredible stories, and I'll give you a little teaser. She comes on again in the super near future. All right, that's all I'm going to give you. So then, without further ado, please welcome my friend, Christine Egan. I really stay away from the white wines because I've really never had one that I I cared for. This is and a this Chardonnay. Is from, I would I and I'm not saying this because you brought it in. I would actually go out and buy that. I'm going to remember that it's Dark Horse wine. Well, you can buy it at Hudex. Mike Hudex has it. Hudex is the man. He's he got sure everything. Is. He's got every, that is a little slice of heaven in there it sure is um i think do you want to know a funny story i would love to know a funny story we hired mike 
uh, I'm going to say like 10 years ago, to do a private wine tasting in our backyard for my husband and his staff. Is he a sommelier or you just like him and what he does with wine? Well, years and years ago... Through the school, Mike used to do like through the like Bayport High School. He used sure. to do like a wine tasting class at the high school. At the high school, yeah. Those or long, actually, those days are wait, long gone. no, it used to be held at the Save a Inn. Okay. And what he would do was, um, he would do a whole wine tasting class. Sure. And you know, tell you a little bit about the wine. Then you would taste it, and then you'd have to guess how much money the wine bottle was. Ooh. It was so much fun. That is a cool it idea. It was so much fun that we hired him to do a private party at our house. Really? Yeah, so we did that like a couple times. Like we had, you know, wine and cheese, sure, and then we did sure. the whole thing, and he would describe the wine, and then everyone would have to guess the price of the bottle. Really? Yeah. Now, if you guessed the price of the bottle correctly, did you get the bottle? or did No, you get it was just more like, you competition know. Competition who could see. Yeah, oh, man, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. That is very cool. Yeah, I like Mike a lot. He's really fun people. Yes, he's he's a very good guy, and he's very generous to the community and yeah. stuff like that. It's it's this sounds so sad, but it's not common. You find people that are willing to go above and beyond for the community. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not just talking about our community because we live in the same town, but you know all communities. It's so hard to find, you know, people that genuinely care. Like people care, but not like the deep love and passion they have for their their town and their community i agree you know maybe that's just me maybe that's how i see it but i'm just like you know guys like him and they're there we happen to be in a very fortunate neighborhood where yes. there's a lot of them yeah so it's not just him but i definitely spend a lot of time in other towns where it's just like you know oh who's this guy you know oh i don't know or you know it's just oh nobody really you know steps up to the plate to help yeah. out or whatever it oh, is yeah. and i'm like oh my well God. we definitely have a community that cares my husband and i are race directors for a 5k turkey trot the, okay. the one that goes off in how Blue many turkeys Point. run there's 1500 people that run no turkeys no turkeys God. just the winner gets a turkey oh yeah yeah they the, actually get a turkey yeah the first female Ooh. and the first male winner get a turkey get a turkey but all the community pitches in. So we yeah, have yeah. volunteers that all pitch in. And sure. then all the surrounding uh, shops and stores and restaurants. I all had no idea that people actually get a turkey on a turkey trot. Yeah. Why not? I mean, I'm never going to get a turkey. <laughs> if if I'm winning the race, we got some really <laughs> slow people out there. Just saying. Something's gone wrong. <laughs> yeah. I'll be in there to support, you know, cheer people on for the people that have a chance of winning a turkey. But I don't think I'm winning turkeys anytime soon. Yeah. But that's pretty cool. Yeah. How long have you guys been doing that for? 11 years. God damn. Yes. That is some time. It is. It's big time. That's amazing. And, and where, does the, where does the money go? So the money goes to a non-for-profit 501c3 called Smiles Change Lives, okay. which helps out um, kids in the community who can't afford orthodontic treatment, like real smile changing, like sure. change your life kind of thing. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so if they have really bad teeth. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Damn. Yeah. I've, I've lately been very fascinated about teeth and I've had braces before and Unfortunately, my parents pissed away that money because I didn't wear my retainer, and shame on me. Well, now it's time to come in and get Invisalign. Uh, that's what I'm thinking about. Are you a dentist? My husband's an orthodontist. Uh, I did Invisalign. Yeah? Yeah. How'd you like it? I loved it. I I mean, I've been with my husband since 1984. We All were right. high school sweethearts. Just a couple of years. Yeah. And I never once got in the chair at the office. It really? took me 22 years before I got in the orthodontic chair in his office. Really? Yeah. Wow. And I finally did it last year. And I couldn't believe I waited this long. It was the simplest 
thing in the world. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. It's not cheap, but I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Well, I could get you a discount code. I might have to uh, shake you down for one. That's Where right. does he practice? Around here? In East Patchog. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. That's pretty cool. I, You know, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about Smiles Direct. I'm kind of curious. I'd like to know no, your opinion. No, you can't do that. That's so bad. It's Why? so bad. Because now you're married to an orthodontist, so. Yeah, he went through 12 years worth of training. I know. That's the thing. He's a, a master yes. at it. Why yes. would you, like, just do it yourself? Why would you think that you could do something like that yourself? You're right. You're right. <laughs> Interesting. The no, Well, I saw it, and it came across... You know, a Facebook, a targeted Facebook ad uh-huh. came across, and I was like, "All right, interesting." And I knew about Invisalign; they spent a ton of money on marketing yeah. and stuff like that. And I was, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, it's X amount of what X Y Z cheaper." And that was the one big thing I've always heard is, you know, you're kind of, you know, a program is just organizing your mouth, right. you know, how it should be. And I'm like, "All right, I'm not necessarily opposed to that part of it." Yeah. But I'm like now. You know, God forbid something goes awry. Yeah. Who's there to help me? Well, this is the bottom line. My husband's one of the um, leading Invisalign providers in all of the U.S. Seriously. Really? Yep. He's one of the top, I don't know, 1% or point something percent. What do you have to do to get that? X amount of cases. Really? Like treat people. Oh, so he just helps... That's what he does. He just pumps Invisalign out the door. Um. Well, it's for obviously people for adults, that need it. mostly yeah. adults, um, a ha- like and teens, and then there's always like those younger kids that just want braces because they want the colors on their teeth. Yes, I was one of them. Yes, and there's a lot of them. <laughs> there's, there's a Thank lot. Thank God, there's a lot of them. But anyway, <laughs> the whole idea with the Invisalign, it, it really is a marketing genius, right? That whole company sure. to come up with this is really fantastic, right? So that you don't have to. I actually, when I had braces, thought about something like this. I'm like, because after I got them, I'm like, all right, this is cool for like a couple months. And then I'm like, these things suck. Yeah. These are the things are, I have metal in my mouth. It's stabbing me all the time. Yeah. Now I got to, and because you're young, you have to, you have to get your parents to drive you to the orthodontist to go get him to stick his fingers in your mouth to adjust whatever he's got to do. And then. You know, he's a doctor and you're a little kid, so you're like, oh my God, I have to play by his rules. So, like, even if it's stabbing you in your mouth, you're like, no, it's fine. And then, like, a week later, you're like, I'm dying. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of Invisalign. You don't have any of those issues. Yes. But what I was going to say is they, they do have this algorithm, right? So, he has this scanner where they literally just, you don't even have to do those molds anymore. You don't do that anymore. Really? Now it's just this wand that goes in your mouth and takes a 3D image of your teeth. Then that gets sent to the company, and then the algorithm goes in, right? And they come up with the whole treatment process. But the point is, let's just say Frank's done, I don't know, 5,000 cases, right? Sure. He's never accepted one that came through as is. So What do you mean? So like the algorithm puts together a whole treatment, Uh right, for the patient. He's never accepted their their treatment as given. Really? Yeah, that's the beauty of being with an orthodontist. Ooh. Yeah. I gotta have your husband on because now I want di- yeah. to. I want to dive deep in this. All right, this you can is, dive deep in it. He'll I'm talk about it for hours. I'm sure. Yeah. This is very, very. That does it does make total sense. And now I have those the reminiscent memories of just being stabbed in the mouth constantly. Yeah. And no, covering. he would love to talk about it. He teaches at Stony Brook University in the orthodontic clinic every Monday. Dude's an animal. Yeah. He's busy. He is busy. He's well, now you. that we don't homeschool anymore, that is true. He has the mornings open. So. I'll give everybody a little prerequisite of, of that little conversation. So my friend uh, Brian Costello from Fortress Podcast, he's been on my show before, uh, was 
recently used my studio and he had Christine come in from CrossFit. Right. That's how you guys met. And they had a conversation and it's so cool because I normally never get to witness like I'm in the podcast so I've never actually gotten to watch the podcast like be able to turn my head and there it is and like you know you could watch you know the big guys Joe Rogan all these guys that have the the podcast you know on YouTube but it's being in the room and not on the show is just such a unique experience it was so cool so I've already heard a lot about Christine, and then uh, we we came to the conclusion that maybe she should be on my show also and have fun, and, and we we are now sipping wine at four o'clock in the afternoon. That's for right. A I figured hour. we'd make it a happy hour. Absolutely. And we, I said nothing was off topic. And that is that is true. So I I know a good amount about her, and I don't want to spoil anything because I'm sure we're going to go into quite a bit of detail uh, about your story and everything like that. But one thing that I found extremely interesting, and we'll get into cancer in a little bit, was homeschooling. Yeah. What are because now I have very strong thoughts on college and school and things like this. So I'm kind of curious, being that you are one of the first people I've ever met that is taught their student taught their kids. Yeah. Um, do you consider them students also because you schooled them? Oh uh, no, just no, kids. Just kids. So. What was your experience like homeschooling and how do you think it helped or hurt them in different areas? Okay. So this we, is a very thick question. We homeschooled three children mm-hmm. from K through 12. Sure. And in that time that uh, we started, which was back in like the year 2000, so much has changed. Sure. Now everything is online. When we originally started, you know, the internet was really just starting so yeah, it was nothing there, right there were no classes online so it was very different in the very beginning versus now um by the time my oldest was in high school you could take online classes from stanford oh, university wow. yeah so um there's actually a stanford high school okay. online high school that you really? can take you can literally take online high schools now with a diploma um really that was all coming together right as my oldest son was in high school so he didn't technically get a high school diploma from an online school he just took lots of various classes sure. you can even do ap classes does he have a ged Did he, he does get not it? have a ged really yeah he has a college degree in honors and a master's but he doesn't have a high school diploma they, so they took him yeah Colleges even, will take you yeah really yeah explain I mean, we, this because i'm very well, he interested. Fu- they've all fulfilled high school requirements okay from bayport blue point high school because sure. we have to you have to send in information quarterly oh okay yeah oh okay so there's a whole process yeah there is a process interesting yeah so in the beginning um things were different i mean because i had three young kids at home and they were home all the time yeah they're you know they live and play and sleep at home and they yeah. don't go to school for nine hours a day so or whatever it is. when they were younger it was a it was a lot. It was just a lot. And sure. um, we hired, when the kids were much younger, we hired various people to come in. Sure. Um, whether they were like babysitters for a couple of hours sure. or tutors. My kids all took musical lessons. Sure. Um, so there were like breaks. And it wasn't until, you know, they were a little bit older, not like in that elementary time, that um, they really had more of like that structured morning of um, nine o'clock. 8, 30, 9 o'clock being, we have a third story in sure. our house, a third up on the third sure, story, ready sure. to do work. And then they did that up until noon. 
Okay. And then the afternoon was all so open. So three, basically three hours of schooling. Yes. Gotcha. And then the afternoon was all open for creative time. And now, then, creative time. Elaborate on this. Okay. So I, I was mentioning this before. My son, um, the oldest son... Uh, is an internationally ranked Rubik's Cuber. Yes. As in yep. Rubik's Cube. So the story of the Rubik's Cube is, you know, there's that one that everybody knows, the three by three. Yep. And then there's a two by two. Yep. And then there's a four by four, five by five, and a six by six. And then they compete. And then there's also a blindfold. Yes. So they literally, um, you look at the cube. It's the three by three one. You look at the cube for, I don't know what the set time is, like 30 seconds. And then they blindfold you, and then you're timed to do the cube blindfolded. Sure, sure. It's crazy. Yeah. Someone should do a documentary on cubers. Oh, that's what they call themselves, cubers. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, but, yeah, so he was ranked for um, the blindfold and then ranked for the two-by-two. Two. Oh, and then they do it one-handed. That's also one of the ones. God damn. Yeah, it's crazy. So he just picked that up, just time on time on task, and just got really good at really? practicing for hours. I and just hours. found a thing called the Ghost Cube. I'm sure, I feel like you've probably heard of it. Maybe he has. So it's 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 a I think it's a three by three cube, but all the there's no color to it. It's all one color. If it's a shiny metallic or it's black or white, but all of the segments are are all different shapes. So there's only one way that the cube goes back together, just like a Rubik's cube. But because there's no color, you have to remember the shapes yeah, and I'm how they sure all interline. Wild, <laughs> and I'm like, wild. oh, like I can't even solve a, a Rubik's cube, and there's guys solving cubes with different shapes in the cube, and yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna get, I'll just stick to doing media. This is this is next level work here. So the afternoons for him really kind of led to that like whole algorithms and the whole math and then it became robotics and then robotics became computer science and then that's what he wound up going to college for. Really? Yeah. Very interesting. And then my daughter, her um, afternoons, she is a um, professional contortionist. That's all oh, when you can move your body in all those weird ways? Yes. <sighs> so she'd be hired. This is no joke. At yeah. like 16, she was hired for like um parties so she she had a man like i managed her but she would get um offers from production companies to come in and be part of um a red carpet or part of a party or part of a wedding i mean i used to drive her all over and she'd get paid mega bucks to perform for like 20 minutes at a wedding oh my god yeah and then she wound up training um in montreal with cirque du soleil that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I feel like I haven't done anything with my life. <laughs> I'm, I feel like I'm not succeeding enough. And then that brings us to the third one. Yes. His, the video gamer. The video gamer. So ever since he was young, he just gravitated toward that DS. You know, the original sure. Nintendo DS. And you wouldn't cut him off? Hey, too much video games? Or? No. You know why? He was so methodical. Yeah. It, it was like... A game would come out, and he would do it from start to finish. Mm. And he was very methodical about which games he played. Uh-huh. Um, and it was a passion. Like yeah. I, we, it was different than like just killing time playing video games. Sure, sure. This was different. Yeah. And then that led to him building a computer. You know, researching what he needed sure, to build sure. a computer, 
building a computer that worked for a specific game, research which game would be up and coming that he could, you know, succeed at. Yeah, get the upfront, you know, yeah. head start on it. Yeah. Wow. That's yes. all right. So now, obviously, your kids are all incredibly successful. What was your reasoning for homeschooling as opposed to public schooling? Well, it kind of, I mean, it wasn't like we got married and we're like, we're going to homeschool our kids. It, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that didn't happen. Sure. Both of us, my husband and I went to high school together. We, sure. you know, we went through school. It wasn't Bay like, no, we went to connect Okay. And then, um, my kids were, uh, my first son was born at, born at the hospital with a midwife. Okay. Like within like two hours that we got to the hospital. He oh, was wow. really like a planned home birth. And my daughter was a planned home birth. Okay. So it was like, um, we just started thinking about things differently. Sure. Um, and then it just kind of came time for the kids to go to school. And my husband worked um, afternoons. Mm-hmm. And if the kids were in school, he wasn't going to see the kids. Yeah. You know, by the time he got home, it was like eight o'clock at night and the kids would be home in bed Mm -hmm. and it just kind of started innocently like he wouldn't get an opportunity to spend time with the kids like what if we just kind of homeschool them and the idea was that we were just going to homeschool them like obviously as long as they wanted because every year they had the opportunity to go to school Mm -hmm. um we just assumed they were going to go to high school some private high school or maybe the public high school and then when it came time to do it it was like no we're just gonna continue homeschooling really yeah that's cr- oh, so it was just pure out of necessity of I need to see my kids and I'm not going to yeah, see Yeah, and then it just kind of, you know, we took each year as it came and vacations went great because we were vacationing when nobody else was vacationing. Oh, yeah. And my husband being an orthodontist, their busy time is a school vacation. Sure, yeah, So you, you got to get everybody in and out as fast yeah. as possible. And I don't know, it just kind of was this whole lifestyle of being together at home. Sure. And I... I really like my kids, and my kids really like us. That's a, that's great, though. I'd be very I'd be very interested in knowing more so from their end, you know, the not knowing what high school really is. Well, that was the thing. By the time they were in high school, they all had jobs, mm-hmm. so they were all around kids mm-hmm. who were in high school sure. and like doing stupid stuff with them all summer long. Oh, so they mingled with people in high oh, school. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, even younger. But I'm saying, like, really, like, you know. Now, how did they find those friends? They all were doing different activities. I mean, both my boys, well, actually, all three of my kids mm-hmm. did were black belts at karate. Oh, really? So with they Ray? All, yeah, with Ray. Gotcha. So all of them, you know, taught there and sure. had friends there. And then they all became sailing instructors down at Wet Pants in Sayville. Sure. So since they were like 14 yeah. they were down there wow yeah that's incredible yeah that's one thing i want to get back into this year sailing okay well i think, I think i'll head over there this year and yes get some lessons. they have great lessons and you know all the kids are certified sailors yeah sure sure wow that's incredible so they just mingled and you met people yeah. and that was it and then yeah. it was that's inc- i you know so the reason why i ask and i'm so deeply intrigued by this is because i have a very um different viewpoint on high school and college and and i think you know i have to i can only provide what i know so i went to high school so i think high school was a tremendous learning experience for you know myself and all my all all my peers i think going to school i do think and this is what i like about the idea of homeschooling is 
school, as great as it may be, it kind of traps your mind yeah. in this box. Yeah. And breaking outside of that box is very, very difficult. You know, you do something like start your own company, and now everybody that I went to high school with is like, you're starting your own company? Are you kidding me? Where's the job security in this? And I'm like, well, that's the whole point. There is no job security. There yeah. is no – I no longer have rules. I don't have to live by anybody's, you got to do this, you got to do this. So – you know, I think high school, personally, I think it was very important. It was a great learning experience. I've built a lot of friendships through high school. And even even all through through school, I have, a, you know, a good friend group. And I uh, I was in Boy Scouts for years. Became an Eagle Scout. One of my best friends, Finn, is an Eagle Scout. And amongst many others. But, you know, he's been, like, my best friend since sixth grade. And then yeah. my other buddy, Justin, who didn't really partake in Boy Scouts. But... You know, that that I built a, a little a small group of friends in. And then I realized that I had all these groups of friends. But, in, you know, and I had a core set of friends. And I think high school helps you kind of, I don't want to say figure yourself out because I don't think it helps you figure yourself out. But I think it helps you deal with other, learn how, learning how to deal with other people. Mm-hmm. So as confining as it is, I also think that it is it does help in that regard. Now, college, that I don't really care for. I think college depending on what you go to school for, is good or bad. Yeah. And I think people have, and this is my biggest problem with high schools, they set up, they kind of force college down your throat. Like, yeah. what college you go to? What college you go to? What college you go to? Where I think that there's so many people that would probably benefit from maybe not, you know, not going to college right away. I, yeah. I think oh, college definitely. is great. Yeah. But really figuring out who you are, yeah. what you're interested because your kids had all that creative time. Well, that was just it. I mean, when it came time for my oldest son to go to school, it he needed to go to school. Like he was ready to take on like a whole new level of math that we would just, you know, he couldn't get online. I sure. mean, you can get a lot of information a online. Lot. Yeah. You I mean, he basically taught him. I mean, we my husband taught him calculus, but like next level calculus and next level physics, mm-hmm. next level robotics, programming. That was all done either online or mm-hmm. from someone else that he's learned from. Sure. Um, but he was ready to go to college. He was ready for that college experience. He was ready for much bigger learning. Mm-hmm. And then the same for my daughter. So when she was a senior, she was uh, she took on a whole new level of uh, training. And she had a new acting coach. She had a new acrobatic coach. She had a new uh, gymnastics coach. Sure. And she had a circus coach that we were going into Brooklyn for. So she spent a good chunk of time preparing uh, for a next level um audition for Cirque du Soleil where Cirque does an open audition uh like two times a year in Canada Mm -hmm. um and several thousand people go through auditions for for four spots and depending on what that class size is kind of depends if whether they're looking for someone with like strong juggling or strong acrobatics so at the time they were looking for four people none of them they were not looking to fill any contortion spots but she wanted to uh try out anyway so when she was a senior she was really the college um part kind of took a back seat until she was finished with the auditions for Cirque. Sure. And when she didn't get the call back from Cirque, uh-huh. she's like, okay, now I'm ready to go on with yeah, the college. The like, thing. let's see what college offers me. Sure. And um, we picked a college that had circus that mm-hmm. she could still continue her um, contortion and go to school at the same time. And she's up at um, at school and she absolutely loves it. She's 
very happy. Um, you know, I think she also was ready to learn. She mm-hmm. was ready to learn things that uh, she just wasn't getting here or even in the city, um, just in a more structured way. Yeah. Now, what was, being that you're the parent, what was their, because I'm sure you probably heard the horror stories, but like their experience going to college? They did not have any issues. Well, I, I, I'm i telling you, when you learn because you want to learn, yes. not because you're forced to learn, so it takes better. on a whole different level of learning. My son graduated with honors, n- never took a, a college class in his life, never took a structured class in his life until sure. he got to college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he graduated with, I think it was a 385. Uh-huh. Um, and my daughter, the same thing. I think she might even have a 4.0 and she's a junior. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Because they, you know, when you get to college, you get to pick the classes you want, sure. you have interest in. Sure. And because you want to learn that. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. because you're forced to learn it. Well, to some degree. They yeah. They make you go through the miserable uh, classes. Ha- yeah. And actually, that- my daughter's taking one this semester. Uh-huh. She's taking a French class. Um, and she's actually taking it um, past no fail. So uh-huh. she's jumping through the hoops to take the class. Uh-huh. But yet... What is past no fail? Where as long as you um, pass the class, you get the credit. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. And then it came to the third kid and it just wasn't... He was just not ready to go to college. I don't blame him. I don't blame him either. That's oh my god, that's amazing, because you know when I I totally agree. When you want to learn, and I had this experience personally, you know I went to, I was I went to Suffolk. My parents go to go to college, go to college, go to college, and then I went to computer programming because I knew that's where the money was. Mm-hmm. And what I one thing I realized is no matter what it is, college, whatever I go to college for, I seem to hate. Not be I just don't like. It doesn't move either fast enough or it moves too fast for me. Mm-hmm. You know, some things it's like, I'm like, oh my God, I know all this stuff already. This is driving me insane. Like, I'd mother, I'd, I'd rather take the $2,500 or $3,000 a year and find a personal trainer yeah. that's going to train me in what I want to learn, who yeah. knows what they're doing, than, you know, and that's Suffolk prices. But as opposed to sitting in class all day. And then there's other classes where I'm like, oh my God, why are we going so fast? Everybody knows way more than I do. I'm like, yeah. oh, so that's where I didn't. That's what I don't like about college. But when I went to Farmingdale, and when I went for computer uh, programming, I realized that I wanted to do it. I also realized that I suck at it and probably shouldn't do it. But it was to the point where I'm like, let me just learn as much as I can, regardless of what happens. And then I skated out of there, and I was like, all right, good. I'm glad I did this. I now understand that I definitely should not be a computer programmer. Uh-huh. But I have the knowledge and skills, and I can prove that I can do basically anything I want from here. It's a very hard degree, you know. There's, yeah. you know, there's. I think it's what it's like medical, engineering, and I think computer science is like a third one underneath it as far as like difficulty levels. Yeah. Well, you have to be really good at math. Yes. You have to be like some kind of math savant, seriously. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. And yeah. things need to make sense. You know. Algorithms and analytics and data needs to make very easy sense in your mind. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll be left very far behind in, yes. in computer science. But, you know, it's like, all right, good. I'm done. Like, that's it. I'm happy with it. Cool. And I would have loved to become a doctor, but I just – I could not spend that much time in a classroom. Yeah. I would have lost my mind. I'm like, this would be so cool. I wanted to be a pharmacist for the longest time. And then I'm like, I, I do not want to sit in a classroom for this long. Yeah. Even though it's interesting and all that kind of stuff, I, I, I can't do it. But other people, they love it. Yeah. You know? So that's my take on it. That's a lot of schooling. A lot of schooling. And 
a lot of responsibility. I guess everything you do when you're in that like field yeah. engineer, whatever it may be, there's always responsibility. But like that, you could like kill somebody. Yeah. Not interested. Not anymore. I would still love to do it, but down the road. Maybe. Down the road. Um, but no, I like that. And the other thing I wanted to touch on, because I'm very glad that you shared all that with me, is the cancer story. Okay. Because I know now, I feel like as I get older, I meet more and more people that have had cancer. Yeah. And thankfully that they've all done very well with it. Knock on yeah, wood. Yeah, knock on wood. Um, but I want to hear your cancer story because you have a very interesting story. You're very holistic, yes. which I very much so appreciate because most people, some that I could pick out in my brain very quickly of, they just have this horrific lifestyle consumed by either alcohol or drugs or a combination of two and poor eating and they don't understand why they never get better when they get sick. Yeah. But you, on the other hand- I was healthy. Very. I was very healthy and, and got diagnosed with breast cancer. Like you would grow your own vegetables we healthy. All, yeah, we were growing on vegetables. That my kids were born at home. I didn't even have medical intervention for the kids. Um, yeah, it was a shock to the system when I was diagnosed. So I was diagnosed over eight years ago um, with breast cancer, stage two breast mm-hmm. cancer, and decided to take a very holistic approach to treatment. Um, and I mean, I still did treatment. It wasn't like I didn't do any treatment. Mm. I just research which treatment would be best for me mm-hmm. and uh part of that was i believe so i believe that my oncologist right he sees 100 patients per day and it's in his interest to keep all 100 patients alive mm-hmm. right and he only knows xyz and this is xyz works for you know 90 of his patients mm-hmm. and i just didn't think that I was one of those patients. I just sure. didn't think I fit that same characteristic as every single patient that was in now his why? office. Now why? Why didn't I? Yeah. Um. I just so there's a series of questions that they ask you when you're first diagnosed, and I just every answer was answered quote unquote correctly, and here I was, you know, with really great lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um you know, healthy lifestyle that I, I really felt like what I could do on my own could be better than making myself sick to get well. Yes. So I did do surgery where Mm -hmm. they removed the cancer. Um, I did do, uh, chemo, but I did a much lower dose chemo Mm -hmm. and I did do radiation. Did you lose all your hair and all that stuff too? I did not. No, really? Because it was a lower dose? Because it was a lower dose. Interesting. Yeah. And you must have done hours. I can only imagine you, hours and hours and hours of research. Yes. I mean, yeah. a freakish amount to learn. Yeah. And my husband. I mean, I was lucky I had him by my side. He did a lot of a lot of the background research um, looking at different pharmaceutical um what the actual drugs were that were used in cancer, looking at cancer studies, finding out who was in the study, finding out who paid for the study, finding out... Um, oh, the de- oh, the detective stuff. Yeah. So, Ooh, like, what were the... No, pers- people don't like to talk about. Correct. Oh, I like this. This is oh, good. Oh, yeah. Th- it, was, it was a lot. So, bottom line was there... So, there are studies out there that will track um, a lumpectomy, which is removal of the cancer they'll track chemotherapy 
and radiation, right? So those are the three protocols for cancer treatment. And then they'll watch how many, they'll track them, how many people survive based on, you know, what type of cancer. So I had stage two. So we'd look up stage two. Um, I had stage two B. So what we would do is we'd look up how many people survive doing those three things mm-hmm. with my type of cancer. Oh, wow. And then we would start crossing off. So if I did the lumpectomy and I did the radiation and I didn't do the chemo, what percentage drops? Mm. And then it was okay. Then we just kind of kept going from there. So, you know, it's it's a gamble. Mm -hmm. But I had to do what was right for me. So I didn't do the traditional chemotherapy. Yeah. Well, it's a gamble, but it's it's, a gamble. Is it really gambling if you're doing all your homework? Well, the thing of it is, count cards. It's not gambling anymore. So let's say if I did all three, right? Mm -hmm. If I did the traditional, you know, if I did the lumpectomy, the regular chemotherapy, and the radiation. Um, still the percentage of, um, I forget if they had, if they post it, like, um, if the percentage of cancer coming back or the percentage of, um, mortality, it was like 90%. So it wasn't even like a hundred percent. First of all, it was still like nine, it was in the nineties, 90, you know, on up. And then it's like, okay, well, when I drop out, okay, so maybe it was like 92. And when you drop out the chemotherapy, it might've dropped to 90. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, so was I willing to risk those two percentage points? Sure. And and was there something else that I was willing to do instead? Mm -hmm. So that's how we researched and found this other low-dose chemotherapy. Now, why didn't you want to do all three? Just because you didn't think it was needed or... Um, I just don't personally believe in chemotherapy for every single person. Mm. Um, I, it just didn't make sense. We were doing it prophylactically because I did not have cancer at that point. So it was because I was 42 years old. They wanted to do the chemotherapy just in case that there were cells in my body. Um, and I just couldn't rationalize doing that Mm. for two percentage points. Yeah, 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 destroying your body, yeah. literally destroying your body. Yeah, and then, you know, there's a lot of long-term effects that come from chemotherapy. Like what? Because I don't know. Oh, yeah, there's neuropathy. There's lots of nerve uh, issues. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Do, now, so I'd be very curious to know, and I don't know, do you, people that now survive cancer, and mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a study that you read, do they go back to their old lifestyle of just very poor toxic constantly putting garbage in their body or do you think that it you know hits home where they adjust their lifestyle you know because you were very healthy before so yeah. and then i became even healthier like this is a special treat that we're having a glass oh, of yeah? wine oh, oh yeah i feel special now <laughs> um i'm sure that there's a percentage right i think that You know, honestly, I'm going to say the percentage is probably pretty low for mm-hmm. people that ra- make real big life-changing um, changes, like long-term changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, long-term changes are difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, very. Very difficult. Yeah. And, you know, that's where my I, I have – I run programs for women for life after cancer, and then I have private clients. And – you know, even with hand-holding and my, with my private clients, it's still really difficult to make long-term lifestyle changes. Sure. 
Um, and I say it's difficult only because fear plays a real big role in a life after cancer. Mm-hmm. So you can make all the lifestyle changes that you want. You could be eating broccoli all day long. And if fear is, you know, the main factor in your life, mm-hmm. you know, you're negating all that healthy broccoli that you're eating. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just the stress on your body of thinking exactly. that it's going to come back could yeah. cause enough, you know, uh, chemicals and re- hormonal reactions in your body to make it toxic exactly um you know i had uh my buddy dr greg Barron on here and so, i don't know if you know sulfurophane mm-hmm. uh, yes. okay so you know that was one thing and you know when i have a home and i can live and just do whatever i choose and grow a garden in my backyard i would like to partake in consuming quite a bit of sulfurophane from broccoli sprouts that's right but uh you know there's so many things that people you know, they think that once they're once the job is done, it's done. Yes. And unfortunately, life is like building a bridge. You know, once you build a bridge to get over from whatever it is to the other side, you got to maintain that bridge because if it collapses or something like that, you're you're that is your support. Well, I I I think it's hard for people to take responsibility, and it's not like just once you have to take responsibility; you have to take it every day, all day long. Yeah. Yeah. And that's difficult. What do you think the biggest challenge is other than fear? Or is it just fear? I think fear is number one. Um, and then uh, I'll lump the rest into a general category of self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the women that I coach are don't understand what it means to put themselves first and mm-hmm. to find pleasure. And I'm not talking about like sexual pleasure. I'm talking about like pleasure from sitting down in the morning with a cup of coffee, but that enjoying that coffee with a hundred percent intention of enjoying that coffee. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Not like just drinking it just to drink it. Yeah. But sitting down and making a ritual of having a few sips of coffee. Sure. Or what it means to um, take a walk and... uh, being able to hit the pause button and not look at your phone or not getting being present in the moment. Exactly. And I think people have a hard time with that. So even when I teach people and they learn what their big self care thing is, right. Then they'll do it for a while and then it'll fall away. And it it gets down to that point of like finding the value, right? Like, so self care and self care rituals is like a bank account. It, nothing magical happens the first, you know, few times that you do it. Sure. But when you keep doing it and keep doing it, you start seeing that you're less snippy, right? You're less grouchy. You Mm -hmm. become a nicer wife. You become a nicer mom, a better friend. Mm -hmm. It's long-term, right? It's not a quick fix. And I think women don't see the benefits right away. Sure. And then start feeling really guilty for taking the time out for themselves. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Guilt is a huge thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. So not only survivor guilt for yeah. living and for other people. Uh, yeah, And for other people that took care of them when they were sick. That's a real big thing, survivor guilt. Like what? They're just, they explain because I'm so curious. So guilt that they survived. Uh-huh. And Why that, would they be guilty that they survived? And that other people didn't. I know. It's rough. And then the next part is... For family members or friends or other people that took care of them when they sure. were sick, 
and um, having to now bounce back at 100% sure. because they're cancer-free. Sure. Um, that's why. And I never and I never had cancer, so it's very hard for me to say. But you could see this in all people. Yes, it's yes. It's not just. Correct. You know, and. It's the same message for everything. For everything. It has no matter that it's cancer or not. Yes. Uh, you know, it's, it's so crazy because people think I'm out of my mind when I go get a cup of coffee and I'll just sit somewhere or, you know, just drive in silence and whatever it may be, you know, and people think that I'm a freak because I'll just go out and do activities that are normally shared with other people by myself. And like, why don't you do that with other people? And I'm like, because if I was with other people, they'd be stealing away my happiness. Yeah. You know, because now I have to, I have to correspond with them and make sure that they're happy. And I'm a, I'm, I'm a very big proponent in keeping other people happy. And, yes. and, and I always, I never want other people when I'm around them to feel unhappy. Yeah. And my goal is to always make people happy. And, and I, and I'm a firm believer in spreading happiness throughout the world. Well, you know what that is? That's knowing what your limits are, right? Sure. So if you think that if you're going to have 10 encounters for the day, sure, <laughs> you need enough energy sure. to for those 10 encounters. Sure. Oh, I'm a vampire. I suck energy out of people. Exactly. I love it. So you be able to... Not in a bad way, by the way, people. Like, just, I love I love being with high energy people like yourself. Yeah. But knowing that, um, you know, that you could have five more interactions for the day mm-hmm. or you could be alone, you're going to choose to be alone so that you can give those 10 mm-hmm. your full attention. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um uh, I, that, it, it's so do you met now do you meditate i do okay good i do what are your thoughts on meditation i think it's great do you recommend it to the women that you coach oh yeah 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 do Most they definitely. listen to you when you tell them that um again i think for some women that works out as a self-care ritual sure. and for others just maybe taking 10 minutes to walk around the block quietly sure. or the other great thing that uh simple moms can do is you know when drive around the block an extra time before you pull into your driveway or pull uh-huh. into your driveway and sit quietly before you get out uh-huh. or get to karate early and sit in the parking sure. lot for five minutes before your kids jump in the sure. car you know finding those few moments to calm yourself down before you go from activity to activity do you what are your thoughts on being late because i feel and this is my own personal thing that people put an exorbitant amount of pressure on themselves for being on time to like everything and it blows my mind and you're probably like what is this kid talking about so I, when it's come when it comes to business, I'm I'm offered being on time. Yeah. You know, people are, we're humans. We live on Long Island. There's traffic everywhere. <laughs> exactly. There's traffic everywhere. There's always a car accident. Somebody didn't know how to drive right. So if you're a few minutes late, as long as you let the person know, you're pretty much scot free. Yeah. No, I agree. You know, so that I'm always okay with. But you know, oh my God, we need to be here at this time and this time and this time and this time. Like. Church starts at ten thirty. Oh my God! If we're not the if we're not in the door by ten twenty nine, we're the worst Catholics ever. You know, I'm like, it. Who cares? Well, I will say this. I'm still on some. That's blood, one of the um the my personal takeaways from having breast cancer is the really important things will rise to the top anyway. The important things that you need to be there for, be present, be on time. Yes, will all rise to the top. Agreed. And then the other thing is um, really understanding what it is that you're trying to get out of it, right? So, like, let's just use that church thing, right? You got there late. Does it really matter? Like, who were you 
Who were you really there for? Are you there for yourself? Then being a few minutes late is okay. Yeah. But if you're trying to be somebody other than you're not, uh-huh. then that's when it, you know, all that other stuff kind of kicks in. Sure. Like, what is it that you really value? Do I really value being on time to church every single week? I don't know. Maybe you do. Um, not a bad thing if you do. Not right. a bad thing if you don't. Right. Exactly. I just say church because, you know, that's one of the few things, and I live at home, and my mom is, or used to be, very neurotic when she'd be like, we got to go to church. And there was, you know, a, a long time ago, I was kind of like, I don't believe in this dude at all. This this guy that we're all praying to, this is nonsense. The fact that there's so many people in this giant building at this hour that believe in this guy who's going to change all of your lives, yet so-and-so just got in a car accident and is an amputee. The other one just died, and this and this, this. You know, I'm like, all right, that ship set sailed for me, but for all the people that do believe, good for you. Um, not to be negative, Nancy, but it was always you got to be there on time. You got to be there on time, and I'm like, if I'm five minutes late, you know, oh, it's so and so's birthday. They're not gonna realize if I walk in at 10:05. They're not even gonna walk realize if I walk in at 10:30. Yeah. More than likely, they're not even gonna realize unless they're my best friend that I didn't show up. You know, and people put this this self toxicating emphasis i think is the right term i'm looking for or stress on being somewhere and the worst part is now they get there they're late they're flustered and the whole time that this event or whatever it is dinner whatever it may be they are not even present in the moment because they're so concerned about people thinking oh my god i was late i need to check my phone so and so's happening something's yeah. happening when you know, realize no one even knows nobody knows and nobody cares yeah you know I, I'm dating a girl right now, and she's like, "You just you look like you don't care." I'm like, "You're right. I, I absolutely I don't care. <laughs> I, I, you you nailed it. I don't. I don't. The amount of stress that you're putting on this little subject is so inferior to everything that's happened in my life right now that, yeah. you know, oh my, I've seen people throw temper tantrums that people didn't have. I, you know, uh, Coldstone didn't have the right ice cream. They're like, "What do you mean?" You know, I'm like, "Bro, there's 25 flavors. If you don't like any of those flavors, <laughs> there's bigger uh, issues." Yeah. Here. <laughs> Honestly, you're doing pretty damn good in life, you know, and and it just it blows my mind that so many people put this stress of and it's not just being late, but being present in the moment. Well, I'm going to throw in we kind of changed how we do birthdays and holidays at my house. Oh, I'm interested. Tell me. So um, we instead of giving gifts, we come up with three things that we want to do. What would have to happen in order for Christmas to feel like a, a success to me? Ooh, this is good. Yeah. I'm very intrigued. And what we do is we have a blackboard wall at mm-hmm. home, and all of us put up three things that have to happen in order for Christmas to feel like a success. You could put up there, buy me a coat. Yeah. Like, in order for Christmas to feel like a success, I need to open up something under the Christmas tree. That's fine if yeah. you want to put that up there. Um, or... You know, it could be as simple as I want us to bake homemade chocolate chip cookies within, you know, the Christmas week. Sure. Um, And we did that for holidays, too. Uh, I mean, for birthdays, too, where it kind of this is my thought on it. One is my version of this is what happened was my version of Christmas Mm -hmm. did not match up with my family's. (laughs) And there was like all this friction. Uh It's just like what you were talking about. Sure. Like my expectation was that everyone was going to help me in the kitchen and everybody was going to help me buy gifts for everybody. And like n- none of that was happening. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? I become a grouchy mom, a grouchy wife, a mean friend. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Um, oh, this is good. Uh, and then Very we kind of just took a step back and was like, okay, well, what really does have to happen in order for this holiday to feel good? Like what has, what sure. really has to happen? And um, it kind of started out with, we bought this uh, live Christmas tree and we had it outside and then we left, uh, we were on an extended vacation and came home on the 23rd of December. And I just wanted to skip Christmas altogether. I wanted to leave the tree outside and like just do the bare minimum. And then we were kind of out on together as a family. And my son was like, well, I really want the tree in the house. Uh-huh. And then that's how it got started was, well, that could be one of your things. In order for Christmas to feel like a success to, for uh-huh. him, that tree needed to be inside the house and decorated. So guess what? That's what we did. Yeah. It was like no big argument. Like, no, so I don't easy. want the tree. Yeah. yeah. It was like, if that's what it's going to take for you to feel happy, I'm going to con- I'm going to conspire to make it happen. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so smart! And it was like there's like silly things. It was like did co- you now did you come up with this idea on your own? Did you find this? No, we just kind of it just God. kind of evolved. Well, it, it evolved because that Christmas tree outside. Uh huh. It was like I wanted to leave the tree outside, and then it was so obvious to me that this kid wanted it to breathe in. Uh-huh. And it was like, all right, well, I'm gonna make you happy. Of course, I'm gonna bring the tree in. Of course, yeah, yeah. But now I want help in the kitchen. But now, right, and everybody's willing to give it. Because yes. they know this is what mom wants for Christmas, and it's going to make her happy. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, it's that easy. And you can only have three things. And you so can only you can't right. have this laundry list of the stars need to align, and you know we need to go to the movies and this, and I want twelve. Uh, you know, I want an Xbox, a TV, and this, and this, and this, and this. Right. You know, three things. Actually, makes you it say very TV. Simple. One of the uh, last year, my son wrote his was watch Die Hard as a family, and that's what we did. <laughs> It was like watching Die Hard movie sure. with popcorn and, you know, it was a Christmas movie. That's awesome. Yeah. That is so... Now, how do you think this has transformed your family? Do you think it's made the holidays easier, harder? Oh, 100% easier. And do you do this for every holiday or just the major holidays or just Christmas? Um, We try to do... We do it for birthdays, too. Okay. Um, And then we've been doing it for Christmas. Like, what are the things that are really important to you so that I can conspire to make it happen? Wow. That is so smart. Plus, it makes you really stop and think. Yeah. Oh, What is yeah. it that I want? And when, when not, I don't want to say this sounds bad, but like when you get your way, but if it's just those finite things that are going to make you happy on the holiday, everything else is a bonus. That's right. At that point. You know, you have your, th- you know, food shelter, you know, food shelter water is, is the key things to survive for this holiday. What are the three things we need to do to get you through the holiday and be happy? Yeah. You know? And then, you know, it's kind of a wish list, you know. Yeah. You know, Mike Tyson's not going to meet you at your door and sign something, so you got to be realistic. But, yeah, you know, and if that is what you really want, at then least somebody could try to make right, it happen. let's try to make it happen. You exactly. know, who knows? But that's very smart. And it probably has been, because you've implemented this, and this is just me assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's probably made the entire birthday and Christmas feel and enjoyment so much better oh light years better well, for i i mean i think my kids are of that generation where you just don't buy to buy mm-hmm. like and we've always been like that but it's kind of a relief not having to buy gifts just to buy gifts to put them under the tree sure like i can't stand that like i hate like just feeling obligated to do something mm-hmm. 
And this kind of takes that away. Yes. And like I said, if you want to put a coat or boots or something on that list, by all means, do it. Yeah. Because we'll make it happen. Yeah. If you want that, yeah. If you want to get it. Right. But don't be obnoxiously greedy. Right. Very cool. Yeah. And it just kind of makes life easier. And it's up on the board for everyone to see. And sure. we kind of like just check things and off. And when people come into the house, do they ask you oh, about yeah. it? Oh, yeah. It's a big topic of conversation. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Have, now, has this infected anybody else? Like, have they gotten that itch to, like, let me keep up with, you know? I think so. I do. I do I'd be think very so. curious to know I the think, impact on others when they see it. I think it's interesting for other people to hear that we don't give gifts. You don't do any gifts. I mean, sometimes we do. Like, sure. But I'm just saying it's not like that big Christmas morning where mm-hmm. there's, like, gifts under the table. Sure. Like, our Christmas morning is making a big breakfast that's good yeah and the now does the whole family come together the whole family comes together do you we, do extended family too grandma no, grandpa? Oh, they all come over later okay um but i'm i mean like it's not all about what's under the tree it's more about being together being together now there's another question i feel like i'm interrogating you but what is like the cell phone policy? Are kids allowed to have technology? Not allowed? Or are they just disciplined enough to? They're so much better than I am. I'm the one that sucks. <laughs> I am the horrible one. At least you own up to it. Oh, yeah. No, my kids are the ones saying, put away your phone. Put away your phone. My kids are so much better at it than I am. Really? Yes. Now, why do you think that is? Hard question. I think that they walk their talk of like being present in the moment and not just being on their phones a hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they take it out when they need to take it out. And yeah. Mm. Very interesting. No. Cause I, I definitely feel that, you know, this little device, it's just discipline at the end of the day. Oh yeah. You know, being able to put this thing away or be on or whatever it is, you know, I know so many people that, you know, they need to be on it. And my girlfriends would be like, well, you're on it all the time. I'm like, well, it's a little different. I do run a business and I'm not trying to make an excuse. Right. But like the last thing you want to do is forget about something or yeah. something comes across the table and you're like, uh, I totally forgot to do this. Let me bang this out right now, you know, because I'm not the smartest guy in the world. Uh, you know, I'll be the first one to own up to it. So, you know, I like to have it on me and check it because I don't want to miss something because the last thing you want is an angry customer. Yeah. If it's your boss, you're working nine to five. You're only getting paid nine to five. Right. Don't work five, the other five to nine, you know, five o'clock in the afternoon to 9 a.m. You don't need to. You're not yeah. getting paid for it. And if you are getting paid for it, that's a different story. But I do think it's interesting, though, that now that I'm saying that my son is an app designer. He's an Android sure. designer. He's probably so, on his phone all day. Right. But for. For work. For work. Yes. And then my daughter uh, got a grant last year. This is interesting. She had an art grant. I don't remember who wound up giving it to her. Oh, um, it was Storytellers. It was uh, um, Storytellers.org, and it was a a six-month program where she logged in on Instagram, had an Instagram account, Mm. and then she gave out the Instagram account to various people each week, people she knew, people she didn't know, her own account. So some they were given out to like a 16-year-old kid, um, and they could post whatever they, they want. They could to post, post whatever they want for one full week. They Ooh. had all access. 
And then the next week it went to somebody else. And so it was like from a 16-year-old kid all the way up to like a 55-year-old woman. And it was every every imaginable type of person and had the account. That... And they posted as her. So even though, let's say, I had the account, it was still under her name. And the whole idea was like this whole identity hack thing where you never really know who's posting. Wow. Yeah. Well, I do that for my customers. So that's right. Kind of, that's what I'm know. saying. But, you know, for the majority of people, they don't think about that, right? No. No, people don't understand. You know, the if I tell people, you know, I give people the full scope of what I do, and, and I give you the full scope of what I do, and people are, like, baffled by, like, yeah. what I actually do. Yeah. And, you know, they're like, well, because they come in the studio, and they're like, all right, well, this kid's just a tech genius who's obviously drunk because I have a bar, and... And then I explain to them, you know, what I do and the psychology behind things and like all these different things that like I actually do work on. And I have so many, you know, so many of my dear friends like you don't actually work. We know you don't actually work because you're always in the studio and we know you have screens and you're probably playing video games, which they're not always wrong. But I'm like, no, there's like a lot of like it's a lot of creative time and a lot of thought and a lot of, you know, design. There's so much moving parts. So many. And you got this has got to get done before this can get done. So this can get done. And how are we going to word this and how, you know. I just wrote an email for somebody, for one of my clients, and, you know, there's certain words highlighted in the whole email, and it almost, if you pull the words out, it looks subliminal, because it's like, buy this in the next 24 hours, you know, and take, you know, take this home with you, but it's a whole, like, you know, it's like a three-paragraph thing, and if you didn't pull those words out, but at the end of the day, you're going to see those words and be like, you know... If you are if you see that article for one second in the big picture, you know exactly what it's all about. Yeah. And you're like, you know, I'm talking to my customer and he's like, oh, my God, that's like subliminal messaging. Yeah. And I'm like, well, unfortunately, you kind of need to at this point because. Yeah. Well, what is the average amount of time that someone glances at an email? Five to ten seconds. Yeah. That's it. You got five, ten seconds for them to know what it is and what, yeah. you know. That's the other thing I see is people overly, you know, putting too much in yeah. to things. And that could be anything, you know. We are in the world of taking it short and sweet. It's got to be done in five to ten seconds, and yeah. if it's not, you're you're losing. You yeah. are behind the eight ball. Yeah. And you know, unfortunately, with technology, it's not about being present in the moment. It's yeah. about just getting through it. Well, I, it's so interesting that you're talking about that. So I think that's why podcasts have been so big. Yes. We have all these short snippets in so many areas of our life podcasts give us the opportunity to really talk and yes. like have a drawn without, without the phone mm-hmm. or without like talking in sound bites yes yeah look you know look at speaking of sound bites and not to get political but look at the kid in the indian the other day that whole thing and whatever your take on it is but it was like one you know 30 second clip of a two-hour event goes viral people think oh my god this 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 and then when all the facts come out only a handful of people apologize and that's the nicest part about this is it's you know yeah you could pull you know i could pull out snippets and make so and so look bad or whatever it is but then you're missing the whole point yeah you got to get through it and lately i've been very heavily invested in audiobooks Mm. god damn they're so good. Yeah. Uh, some of them. I'm reading, I was reading or listening to Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Right. And that lady could suck the energy out of you like that. And I'm like, 
I've this book has been so highly recommended. And then there's other books where it's like the most pointless, not a pointless book, but it's like a sales book or something like or a help self help book. But the person speaking is so invested in you or you feel like it you're like oh my god i don't want to get out of the car i'll be late i'll be 30 minutes late for this meeting because i need to keep listening and it's like holy jesus that's how i felt about and we'll talk about the 29029 but that's how i felt about listening to jesse itzler and living with the seal so he lives with the navy seal for 30 days at his house i've heard this tell me about this so he hires this navy seal yeah to come live at his house Uh for 30 days and he, the idea is that he's going to be trained. So he doesn't really know what he's getting himself into. Sure. He just wants to be in better shape uh-huh. and winds up like this. the seal comes in and he says, you're going to do everything I say. And he's like, okay. And then like winds up waking him up in the middle of the night to go do runs and like oh my God. gets him to do all these crazy things. But I really enjoyed that audio book. It was- What's it called? Living with the Seal. Living with the Seal. Yeah. I'm. I will absolutely listen to this. Oh, this is with. Oh, this is with David Goggins. Yeah. Oh, but th- you yeah, don't know. But you don't know that it's him. It, it, that doesn't come out till like years later. That was like a big secret as to who the seal was. This is Jesse Itzler. Yeah. Oh, it all makes sense right. now. And he's the one that puts on that event, that twenty nine zero twenty nine, that one that I talked about with Brian about climbing the mountain seventeen times to equal the height of Mount Everest, which is twenty nine thousand twenty nine feet. In this book, or no, he's the one that puts on the event, the actual event in Vermont. Oh, oh, it's an event that actually happens. Yes. Holy Jesus. Yeah. That's wild. I did not know that it was David Goggins in this book. Yeah. That dude's a freak. Yeah. Uh, I he just has listened. a brand new book out. Yes, he does. Um, Which I have on audio. You're one step ahead. Um, the I'm actually in the process of buying it, so I don't forget to buy it. Um, but I listened to a podcast with him, and he was a tremendously overweight fat kid who – was like, I'm going to be a Navy SEAL one day. And his mom's like, okay. And the recruiter's like, you have, I think it was like 90 days to get ready for boot yeah. camp. And he would go outside in the freezing cold and with a wet shirt on and lay in a pond that yeah. was frozen. And I'm like, he'd be freezing, then he'd go run. And like, that dude is a savage. Yeah. I didn't, oh my God, I'm very excited to listen to this book. Now, does David Goggins do any talking in this, or is it all uh, Jesse Itzler? Uh, well, it's all Jesse's voice, and then he does a voice for Seal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's so wild. Yeah, he's a freak of nature. Yeah. That dude. Um, and so his identity was, um, co- was, you know, under wraps for a while. Really? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I'd talk about, yeah, I'd go with any other Seal other than him. He's a freak. Yeah. That dude, a freak. You know, the things that he well, talks about. He tell, Jesse tells you in the book how he picked him. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Don't spoil it for me because I definitely, I got to listen to this. Yeah. But yeah, if there's any seal that I know of that's like semi-famous, it's definitely not going to be him because I feel like my life would suck even extra if I if I picked him. Yeah. But he's definitely a guy I would want to sit down with and have a drink yeah. with. Yeah. That's insane. So do you listen to a lot of audiobooks? I do. And when do you? Well, I guess the kids are out of the house now, so. Um, I mean, running, walking. I, I did a lot when I was training, uh, so I would just put on podcast or, or a book on tape. Okay. You know, book on audio on my iPhone. 
yeah. and just go through it. And just go through it. Yeah, the, that's the one thing that I've found lately that I'm having trouble, more and more trouble doing is just listening because I don't spend... It's, I can't listen to, like, the guy John in my office thinks I'm a lunatic because all I do is listen to, like, Spanish music or, like, rhythmic music that has little, like, almost no audio in it mm-hmm. because I can't focus on the task at hand. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm listening to something or, you know, Rich Girl comes on, I'm singing Rich Girl on my right, desk. Right, right, right. Like a freak. And he, he comes in, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm in the moment, man, and I'm just rocking out. And then I'm like, I'm not getting work done. or And then I'll go back to, you know, my the, the tunes and I've I've realized more so in the last like three or four months I haven't had as much time to listen to podcasts and audiobooks. Makes me a little sad. I got to figure out where I'm gonna squeeze that back in. Morning walks. But what time in the morning? I'm not a morning person. I'm a night person. All right, so nighttime walks. It's so cold. You can wear a hat. I hate the, so. This is my other thing. I hate the cold. I and when I say when people are like hates a strong word, I mean like if somebody said you will never see snow again if you. You know, if you go down to Georgia or Atlanta or whatever it may be, and like you, you know, you'll never see snow again. Or you know, sign this document right here, and you never get that opportunity again. No more snow cones. No more snow anything. You'd be okay. I that thing. I would have that thing signed so fast. The pen, the pen would be would be hot. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a cold person. Hot? Yes. Love the heat. I like going for morning walks or runs or bike rides in the summertime. You know, early morning, six, seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock in the morning for a nice ride, do a couple miles. That's cool. Once it drops below 40, that's not fun anymore for yeah. me. Well, David Goggins would have something to say about that. Uh, David Goggins would be screaming at me until I got out of the house and just cried the whole way. <laughs> that's right. He uh, he runs ultra marathons. Yeah. Yeah. That Wait till you hear how Jesse finds him. I'm very curious. Yeah, it's good. I feel like it's going to be a Craigslist ad or something, something like that. It's good. But, uh, yeah, and then I do and I do go to the gym, but because we live in this world of constant inputs, it's Netflix when I'm you know riding the bike or, uh-huh. or running or something like that. So to sit there and listen to audio, and then when I go work out, but I've been trying to wheel back or pull back on working out because it was getting to the point where – I don't want to say it was ridiculous, but – Everyday tasks were getting difficult, like holding a cell phone to my ear was becoming difficult because my bicep would be bigger or swollen, and it would be like hard, and I'd be like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, but that'll go away. Will it? Yes, it will. Don't lie to me. Oh, it will. It will. It will. That will become less and less. Yeah. All right, I'll get back into it. I'm in. The whole idea is like there's no decision. Like there's no decision. Of course you're going to go. Like, it's just what you do. Yeah, you just got to do it. Yeah, yeah I got to break in. It's, what is it, 18 or 21 days Yeah. for a routine to start? Well, I guess 30. I mean, or give yourself, like, leeway for January and start in February. There, oh, I oh, February I'm going away. But if I do something, it's full force or nothing. Yeah. You know, I hate doing, like, spotty things here and there. It's either I got to commit. I could freeze for a little while. But if I freeze, I don't want to do anything in that time period. Like, mm-hmm. I just took a break from jujitsu for two months, mainly because I'm doing a lot of traveling next month, and I was supposed to be doing quite a bit this month. But I was like, "Look, we're gonna stop. I'm not gonna be patchy and do classes here and there. If I'm gonna go for it, I'm doing full yeah. force again. And then when I'm done, I'm I'm done. I'll be back. Yeah, that's it. There's no. Yeah. Oh, I'll go sometime because then, then I think it ruins any potential ha- like ritual that you're gonna have with it. Because if you're like, ah, I go to Orange Theory. You know, my mom's a huge proponent. My girlfriend is a huge proponent right now of Orange Theory. And I don't know if you go to Orange uh, Theory. No, I do know it, though. 
So, you know, they're like, you know, oh, I'll go. Like, if I'm going to go, I'm going every day yeah, or I'm yeah, going yeah. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Like, yeah. there's no, oh, I'll go two times this week and then I won't go this week. You know, no, it's go or don't go. Yeah. That's it. Go full force and burn yourself out or go, you know, three quarters away and, and prolong it or don't go at all. Yeah. That's it. There's no, oh, I want to go once in a while. You never get anything out of it. Yeah. Well, the guys at the Sable Running Company do a challenge in the month of February. Okay. Where you can, um, you have to log a minimum of one mile every day. That's the entry right, that's level not that one. That's bad, actually. No. One, you have to commit to doing at least one mile every day. And then of it kind running of, or walking it, or just walking, daily activity? It doesn't matter. Yeah. No, it, it either running or walking. Okay. Um, and then you uh, track it on Strava. Okay. And yep, then and you're like in the little group with them, and then it kind of, then they have like different groups from there. Yeah, five miles a day, ten miles yeah, a day, freaks exactly. of nature, a yeah. marathon a day. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Those guys are awesome. It over goes there. on up to 150 for the month of uh, February, which is a lot of miles per day. I think it's like more than five per. I day. was gonna say I think it's like five a day. That's a good amount of miles. Yeah. There's a good friend. Are you a big runner? I am. So do you know um. Brian Coyle. I know the name. He's a very big into running. Okay. So a couple of years ago, and he was always very big into running all through high school, as long as I've known the kid. And he probably doesn't even know who I am anymore because we've been out of high school. But I do try to keep tabs on a lot of people that I thought were interesting or nice people in school. So we had, and I'm a, I'm a volunteer over here at Bayport, we had a 5K run. Right. At the firehouse. And, right. you know, everybody comes down and it's kids and adults and this, that, and the other thing. So this kid, Brian, and he's and he runs year-round. He's a freak. He, like, he just – I don't know what it is about running because I hate running. But he just loves running. So the whole process starts. He, sh- he runs to the event, shows up late. He was already out on his, like, like uh-huh. freak of nature long run. It was probably, like, in the middle of marathon training, and this was just part just of Just part the, of it, yeah. yeah. So he stops in. He's late to the event, finishes before everybody, <laughs> comes back, signs the paper, and then just continues his run. And I'm like, this dude just ran a 5K in the middle of running, whatever he was doing, showed up late. Took and it's not like he showed up like five minutes late. He showed up like fifteen or twenty minutes or like a half hour late. It was some decently significant amount of time. Finishes first, gets whatever he's gonna get. I don't remember if we did like a prize or anything like that. And then just continues on with his run for the rest of the day. And then he continues to run for another hour. So I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, that's insane. There's a lot of hardcore runners in this community. You really? Yeah. I see. I would never know. Oh yeah. What time do you guys run at? Are you a part of this hardcore community? Um, or? no. Okay. Um, some of them. I mean, the Save a Running Company group. They have two groups a, a week at night, and there's a big group of them that go out. I mean, you can drive around in the morning. You'll see people starting at like five, five thirty yes. in the morning. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm just not a cold person. No, not a runner. I like biking. Biking's cool. That's uh-huh. fun. We just need less cars here on Long Island. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, considering you could die at any moment yes. because somebody doesn't pay attention. Um, the amount of times that I see, and, I, and I'm not going to lie, I do text and drive sometimes. But the amount of times I see people that have almost killed people, I yeah. try to do it only when there's no cars on the road. If it's like noon on a Tuesday, there's chances are pretty good that 
traffic is pretty damn light on the LIE. So if I look down and I use Siri to text, you still got to look down at your phone. I consider that texting and driving. But the amount of – I saw one dude the other day while it was um, snowing. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. I mean, phone is five inches away from his face. No hands on the steering wheel. On the LIE? On the LIE. He wasn't in a Tesla where it could just drive by itself. No, he was in a it was in an F three fifty min van. Uh-huh. Um and I'm like, oh my God, this dude could not be paying any less attention to driving. Yeah. And then there's people who I think are texting and driving, and then I just pull up next to them and then I just realize that there's very poor drivers. Yeah. So you know, I don't know what the the recipe to success is. Maybe we all need Teslas or cars that stay in their own lane. That's right. Um, I'm a big, I was never a fan of Teslas until recently. Oh, we have one. Oh, you do? Yes. The self-driving? Yes. Ooh, tell me about it. It's nice. <laughs> it's, it's very, it's very nice. It's very nice. Uh, you can, I, I heard they changed it and I don't know if it's true. You can't take your hands off the wheel anymore. Well, so what happens is, um, you, there's a butt, a lever that you pull toward you and it becomes self-driving and then. Uh, a message will come up on the steering wheel, and it'll uh, and it'll chime. Where you have to put your hands on the wheel, like every I don't know minute or so, where it can feel your hands around it. Uh, yeah, so you can't. So you have to just, just touch it. You have to just touch it. You just have to have your hands near. So that you're present. Correct. In, in the car. Yes. Now, what happens if you don't? Does the car automatically slow down and stop? Or? No. It 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 um it'll warn you, and then it'll say self-driving like mode taken away, and then you're just on regular cruise control. <gasps> yeah. Oh, uh, that's scary. Or uh, I mean, it's a big enough alarm that you know. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm a big proponent. I'm. I was never a big fan of it, but I'm like. I would totally be okay with giving up driving yeah. at this point, mainly because I own my own business. If I didn't own my own business, I do find a tremendous pleasure, amount of pleasure in driving. But now I'm like, if I could sit on a laptop and get work done. Well, you can't do that. Yet. Yet. Right. You can't do that yet. Soon enough. It's coming. I mean, I, it kind of, um, I would feel better if there were more Teslas on the road because I feel like they are safer. Really? I do. Yes. Well, you own one, so you know better than anybody. Yeah, no, I like stops it. for you and all that kind of stuff. Um, it'll slow down. I mean, I don't know. Is it the be all end all? No, but I think it will be. And you don't have to do anything; it's automatically programmed. So every time they upgrade to whatever, mm -hmm. it automatically goes to your car. Do you, does your car have ludicrous mode? No, it doesn't. Oh. I asked about ludicrous mode, but it was like an extra hundred k. Like, a, yes, it's ridiculous. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, that takes it to a whole new level. Oh, my God. You don't need ludic Like, the regular mode uh -huh. is incredible enough. <laughs> it is. It is. Little Christine driving. driving it's a, it's a great car. It really is. Now, how does it handle in the cold? Fine. And in the and snow, And it gets fine. hot quickly. And oh, yeah. It doesn't have to warm up. Well, I know, but that I mean, like you can program it from the phone and it'll warm. It'll start the car and be at 72 when I walk out. But it's like instantaneous as opposed to the other well, cars. Getting your car warm over exactly. time. Interesting. And you've had no difference in the cold or does it, ha does it handle good in the snow? Yeah, no problems. God, I feel like I'm missing the boat here in the It life. is a nice car. I really do like it. <laughs> Who takes that? The husband? The husband. Uh, yeah. Well, the, we both do, but he has it right now. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah that's one car that I'm definitely, uh, I was never keen on and I was like, who would want a self-driving car? I'm like, all the fun isn't driving. And now I'm like, if I could get so much more done, I'm in. 
I like that. Well, it's a night. I felt the same way. Like I was not really for it. This was really his. And then until I started driving and then it's like, <laughs> now I get it. It is nice. It's Are you really going nice. to give up the other car for the, we Tesla? talk about that. I, you know, I kind of have mixed feelings about long road trips. Do you do a lot of them? Well, we did when our kids were in college. Mm -hmm. Like, we just came back from Saratoga, and that's a four-plus-hour ride. You can't do that in one drive. Right. Which means then, um, which is fine, because it automatically routes you to a charging station. Okay. How far are they out of the way normally? There's one right by the Tappan Zee Bridge. Okay. Um, And the idea is like, but I don't want to have to stop. Yeah. Like, even if I'm driving up by myself, I don't want to have to stop to do that for, you know, 15, 20 minutes to charge the battery. Um, But, I mean, it is great for the environment, and I I think the car is really fun to drive. It is like nothing else. Mm. It's so quiet. Yes. Freakishly quiet. It is. When you people are walking and you're like in a parking lot, they don't hear you. It's like kind of annoying. Like, people just stand in the middle because they don't hear a car. Oh, I believe it. Do you, what do you, do you give him a little toot? No, little... I just wait. I feel like, yeah. That's insane. That's yeah. so, it's, it's so cool. But at the same time, that is the, that is my other biggest drawback. I do, I will be doing quite a bit of driving in the next, next month. I'll be going, uh, all down South. Uh, I think I'm going to South, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Pensacola, Florida, possibly over to Baton Rouge. And are you driving? Yeah. So this way. could be so great, you wouldn't have to pay for gas. Yeah, well, wouldn't have to pay for gas, but you'd have to stop all the time. Yeah, but here, the uh, charging stations are free. In California, you have to pay for the charging stations. Really? Yeah. That's terrible. Well, I think like you're grandfathered in by X year, and then it's like minimal, like okay. less than gas. Sure. But yeah, you'd be driving for free, really. But you got to stop. But you got to stop. Yeah. But if you're on interstates, it'll be easy. I went. I did twelve. I did what? I think I did nine hours of driving straight. Stopped. Other than using restrooms two or three times, but stopped just because I was sick of driving. Yeah. I was just like, I just need, like I could do it. I could keep going. Like I'm not two hours away, but I'm like, I, I just need to get out of this car. Like I feel like I'm cooped up. And when I went. It was nice enough that I could have the sun o- sunroof open for a little while. But other than that, I'm like, you know, that w- it would be cool if you could, you know, and this is in theory, but continuously drive and get sun energy and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was that's my only complaint with the Tesla is when you do want to go for a long-distance drive. Well, ours can go, I think it's 240 miles without a charge. Okay. Maybe it's 270. Do you have a charging thing at your house? Yeah. Are you plug it in? Yep. Do you pl- now? Do you plug it in every night, or you just plug it in like once a week when it needs it? Every night. Okay. Do you have solar panels? No. Are you gonna get them? Uh, we would. You mean the Tesla ones? Either or. Oh, because the Tesla. I mean, we've talked about it for the longest time. We just. I really want to get the Tesla ones that are uh, shingles. Oh, that, yes. That makes sense. Yep. Did you see the? Uh, it was like a month or so ago, Elon's like thing about the whole. Uh, solar panels, shingles. What about them? They're super expensive. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, super expensive. Um, and two, they're having a lot of issues because it's not something you can test right away. Like, there's, it's very hard to test long, uh, longevity in a short period of time. You know, a roof, 
we know and we can tweak and this, that, and the other thing. But those shingles, they said, are, they're having a very hard, very hard time with capturing enough light mm-hmm. while still having it look like a shingle, mm-hmm. and then testing it for twenty years of sun. You know, even if you give them the sun twenty four hours a day, yeah. you're still looking at five to seven years of pure sun, pure sunlight. You know, so how much? You know, and then if you put UV rays on it, is it not? Is it really sun or is it not sun? There's all these different things, but he, you know, they they came out with a whole article. Um, and Elon even talked about it. He's like, that's one thing that we're having trouble with is just testing the longevity and the strength of them because there's so many different problems that they're yeah. trying to over overcome. I know a lot of people have you know have their opinions about him. But I think he's a genius. That I dude mean, is a super genius. <laughs> I mean, anybody that could come into the automotive industry, right, and create this car. Never declared bankruptcy. I mean, I think that that's pure genius. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. Dude's a genius. Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, we've been to a couple of Tesla events. and um, What is a Tesla event? Yeah, they put on these private events for owners. <laughs> really? Yeah. What do you, what do you do? You just, just hang out and meet um, other Tesla there's owners. Usually, or? Uh, well, yes, other Tesla owners, but then someone from Tesla headquarters will come and like talk about what the newest things that they're working on, and you get a chance to interact with them and ask questions. And, That's pretty cool. Uh, the last one we went to, they were talking about how they want to put the uh, the self driving into as many um, tractor trailers as they can. Yes, uh, Claire Rose, not Claire Rose. AB InBev. Okay. The people that own Claire Rose. Or not own Claire Rose, sorry. Own Budweiser. Just bought, or I think they put an order in for 25 of them. So what he was talking about is like the big long-term effects from that is what happens is the roads become safer. And then what the problem is is organ donation. Huh? I know. So they're like going down like what happens when we keep all these people safe that are on the road organ donations go down and they're thinking like Holy. what are we doing for organ donations in lieu because we put all these self-driving vehicles on the road i'm mind blown yeah it makes so much sense right oh a hundred percent that is insane yeah so that's like what they're already on to that like they're focusing on what do we do for organ donations like how do we because that's probably how they get a bunch of them yeah is exactly. people More donate vehicle accidents yeah Holy Jesus. Yeah. I have a crazy story, but I don't want to end on a bad note, so I'm not going to tell it. All right, that's good. I'll tell you after the show, but because we're, we're at an hour and 20. We just crushed almost an hour and a half. Wow. Would you have guessed that? No, not at all, except the fact that I looked to make sure the audio is still being picked <laughs> up. I've, I have a tremendous, <laughs> tremendous fear, and every once in a blue moon, and it happened recently to a podcast where something had happened to the audio. Not that there's really much I could do, but at least I could stop it like... Hey, we're only 15, 20 minutes in. Even we're a half hour in. Okay, the audio failed. Something happened in this system. I got to restart it, whatever it may be. And I have a tremendous, tremendous fear of something happening. But I have a feeling even if this didn't record, we would just hit record and pretend. We would just go on from there. Oh, absolutely. And like we wouldn't even skip a beat. I've forgotten to hit record before. (laughs) Where I thought I hit record was so deeply involved. And it's because of those times where I'm like, oh, now I have this innate fear of not recording. Uh, especially because I do the podcast for partially selfish reasons because I like, I have a, I deeply love 
interacting and talking to people. I yeah. think that people are some of the most interesting uh, creatures on the face of this earth. And I think that everybody, so many, I shouldn't say everybody, but so many people have tremendously interesting stories, such as yourself. And if, so part of me being selfish is I love to have these conversations without this little device. And the other part of it is a non-selfish where if I can have these conversations, why shouldn't somebody else be allowed to listen to them? Yeah. And that is Ultimately, the real reason why I have the podcast is because, yes, I did it for greedy reasons, but I want to be able to give as much as I possibly can to my audience. Yeah. Um, and because of that, now I always, you know, every podcast I try to do, I'm always trying to, I don't want to say one up the one before that, but the bar keeps getting higher and higher. Yeah. You know, and, and unfortunately, there are some people that don't make it on the show and I'd love them dearly, but I'm just like, you know, at the end of the day, are you going to be able to talk for an hour and a half? No technology. You can't stop and look at Instagram unless that comes up in conversation. Right, then right, fine. Right. But like, you can't stop and look at Instagram. You can't read an email. And some people, and this is crazy that I even have to say this, have a fear that they're not going to be able to do it. Really? I cannot tell you. Maybe that goes back to that whole thing about like just having a conversation. Oh, absolutely. But I'm, you know, I've met people and they're like, oh, I want to be on the show, and I'm like, okay. You know, let me vet you out a little bit. You know, I don't, you know, it's very rare that I just say, I shouldn't say it's very rare, but I definitely err on that side of hesitation because a lot of people aren't good fits for the podcast. Yeah. And I'm like, it's an hour and a half of talking. Yeah. No technology unless I have to pull something up on Google or, yeah. you know, you got to look at a photo to show me. And it's, and weirdly enough, that scares people yeah. to no end that they're like, an hour and a half of talking to somebody? How do I do that? And I'm like, what has this world come to that we can't just sit around and talk to some... We are humans. That happen to all speak the same freaking language. Yeah. You know, it's not like you speak, you know, Chinese and I speak English and we're going to try to have a conversation here. We're both very fluent in English. And the fact that that scares people that have grown up around me and all that kind of stuff is mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Well, maybe that goes back to that whole idea about just talking in snippets and watching things in snippets. Yeah. Tens, you know, I watched a video last night. It was like 10 minutes long. I'm like four minutes in. I'm like, how long is this video? Well, did you just speed it up to like 2x? No. <laughs> uh, I've heard I should do that, though. Yes. Uh, I don't know about 2x, but definitely like one, one, one and a half. Yeah. And I was talking to somebody. I think it was on the show. And they're like, oh, you could listen and watch things in one and a half you know 1.25 yeah time speed and i'm like why they're like because you can get so much more in i'm like i'm a freak of for optimizing <laughs> my life but not to that point i do think that there is in a a need to be bored tremendously i think being bored is yeah. very good for your psyche. i think that goes back to that homeschooling thing is like time that isn't scheduled yes that's where your creativity comes up yes a hundred percent yeah and I, I think, you know, as parents, especially in this community where we overbook our kids, you know, 110% and then we're sucked into it too. And we think like it's the greatest thing. Like every single kid from Bayport Blue Point High School is going to go on for a soccer career or a football career or lacrosse. It's like, are you kidding me? I know. <laughs> and the amount of money that these people spend oh my on gosh, this world. yes. And I think, so here's the other thing that I, I think I appreciate main so much about like what you did for your kids is even if there was video games you know because there was video games yeah but they couldn't play you know three o'clock hits game on you yeah. know they get out of school all right Fortnite, whatever game it is they're gonna go play 
now they're just playing with all their friends. It now you're not forced into talking to strangers. You're yeah. not forced into being bored. Oh, I don't have anyone I know to play with. Right. Well, now what am I going to do? Well, you got to figure that out. Yeah. You know, now it starts to op- tear that brain open and let the creativity flow. Yeah. You know, that I definitely, you know, I can't, which is, and it just occurred to me. I'm like, your kids were doing nothing at 12 o'clock. You know, they, yeah. they had free time. Kids are still in school for another two and a half hours. Oh, they can't yeah. do anything, you know? Oh, and then even if they are in school, like even when they were in high school, like their friends, they were all booked. Nobody was available. Even if they got oh, out yeah. at 2, 2.30, they weren't home. Mm-hmm. They were off at, you know, the tutor. They were off at cross country. Running you know, around they, like madmen. Exactly. Yeah. It's, you know, I see it with my brother and I see it with so many kids. And, you know, I'm glad that the passion and love for like being a huge sports star is, is a thing still because i think sports are tremendously good for kids but like you gotta give them not even downtime like a disconnect yeah pull the plug you'll be okay yeah. you're not gonna die yeah no it does it still breaks my heart when i see m- my youngest son like his friends that are still in high school that uh you know so overbooked this is the dota player this is the dota player i gotcha yeah. Like he's, you know, has friends in Sable High School that, and I just see them and they're just so overbooked with APs and this and that. And it's like, really? When are you going to be a kid? When are you being a high schooler? Yep. Yep. Um, who was it? I think Holland. It's one of those countries right around there. And they only have school for like two or three hours a day. Yeah. And the rest of it is playtime and letting kids learn. And they have the highest like everything like like graduation rate and all these different things and the kids are so much more creative because they have time to grow the creative creative side really find it it, find what they love to do other than have to do yes yeah and and you know being forced into doing things that you don't want to do college whatever it may be is terribly bad for you it's just going to make you resent whatever you're doing yeah so we just crushed an hour and a half oh my gosh (laughs) Any final words? We didn't even get to talk about the hike. Oh, talk about the hike. Do it. Which was climbing that mountain 17 times. You you climbed it. Yes. Oh my me God. and my husband. So talk about it. Yeah. We'll so go for two hours. I don't care. Jesse rents out the mountain, a Stratton Mountain in Vermont. Who's Jesse? Jesse Itzler. Oh, Je- oh, okay. That Jesse. Jesse Itzler of okay. Living with the Seal. Sure. He has a group uh, that's called 29029 Everlasting, and they rent out Stratton Mountain for three days. They bring in two. Jesus. They bring in two hundred people, and you climb to run the event or to climb the climb? to climb the event. You climb Stratton Mountain seventeen times. You climb up and take the gondola down, and when you oh. climb it seventeen times, that equals the height of Mount Everest, which is twenty nine thousand twenty nine feet. And where, that's now where's Stratton Mountain in Vermont? Okay, in like southern Vermont. That's pretty cool taking the gondola down. Yeah, uh, must be a nice little break. It is. It's like a five, like a five minute ride down. All that work for five minutes down. Yeah. I'm I'm just looking. You have thirty six hours to complete it. That's only, yeah. It's pretty. It's intense. It's very very intense. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm just looking at Black Bear Lodge, Stratton Mountain Resort. Yeah, I should have sent you the link uh, for twenty nine zero twenty nine so you could see what it's about. So it's like just these crazy people that climb this mountain just to see if they could do it. I mean, 17 times, I feel like that's a lot. 
What is it? it Does is it turn lot. into ski slopes? It is. You're climbing the ski slope. Wow. So when I first heard about it, I thought, well, first when I heard about it, I thought it was just open for elite athletes. Like I thought just Olympians and like a handful of like these ultra marathoners do it. Sure. And then when I found out it was open to regular people, I said to my husband, that's what I want for my 50th birthday. I want to go climb Stratton Mountain. And he's like, are you sure? And I said, yeah. And I signed us both and up. And you did it 17. And he did it 17 times? We didn't complete it. We did 14 all out right. of the 17. But we're going back again this October to do all 17. Oh, you got to come back and I got to come back. This. 17 or bust. That is insane. So. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's an intense weekend. And you start at 545 in the morning. And then it ends at 4 p.m. It starts at 5.45 on Friday morning, and it ends at 4 p.m. on Saturday. And you have 36 hours to climb as many as you can. So this past year... How do people sleep? You got to sleep. You have tents. They set you up tents. Uh Um, You can sleep, but some people don't sleep. Um, We had every imaginable (sighs) weather. It was the first snow. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, you got to hike in snow, we too? We were hiking in the snow. Oh. We were hiking in the mud. The mud was shin deep. The winds were blowing over 25 miles per hour at the top of the summit. You it didn't was, get lucky. It was a disaster. <laughs> it was a disaster. <laughs> we trained. See, Brian trained us. So we were like... Who's Brian? Brian CrossFit Brian. Brian oh, Costello. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we were... To do this. To do this. So we were walking through town with a 185-pound sled. So we'd walk through the town. This town. This town in Bayport. Uh, the goal Go was Brian. to do like a 5K pulling a 185-pound sled. So that's what we did. Now, why 185 pounds? That was, it was just a good um, weight since we don't have um, an incline here. There you know, no good mountains to climb out on Long Island. Yeah, nothing. So yeah, so we the same it would mimic the same muscles that you would use to climb a you know, a steep incline. Damn. Yeah. So um That is the definition of hustle right there. Well when I heard about it I mean I've skied Vermont before. Okay. And I know what the Vermont mountains are, you know, compared to like sure. Montana or Utah, Colorado, like it's pretty like I could do it. I'm mm-hmm. thinking like it it's doable. Sure. So my husband and I, we signed up in like May. And then in August, we went up and uh, rented a room at Stratton Mountain and climbed it while, you know, in, uh, yeah, it was August. And you I was like. You can just climb up the mountain? You like, can climb up the mountain. stop you. Right. In, like, you, you, it's free. Uh-huh. And you can take the gondola down. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So we climbed it. And we like looked at each other. And we're like, "Holy cow! What did we get ourselves into?" Because <laughs> both of us thought, like, even a black diamond, how deep could, it, how steep could that be? Oh, that's it was pretty steep. It yeah. was steep. You it don't was... realize when you're going exactly the fun when you're way. going down, <laughs> completely different than going up. So yeah, it was it was pretty intense. It was a very intense weekend. Um, we trained hard. How high is Stratton Mountain? Do you know? Um, I, I think I, yeah, Google it. See what the summit is. I, I knew it at one time. Uh, but I tell the story of, you know, you, you climb, that goal is to climb 17. Oh, it's not too bad. It, it's 4,000 feet. Yeah, 4,000. Okay. Yeah. And the hike up is just under two miles. All right. So that's not too bad. No. It's under an hour. On the hike up. On the hike up. Yeah. Or just a, yeah for but, us, it was just about an hour. We got to do it 16 more times. Yeah. 
Well, by the time I got to the third one, uh-huh. so I, you know, we had trained and I was ready, you know, with my mindset to do 17. And when we, by the time we did the third one, I came back down in the gondola and I just cried. And I was like, this is effing hard. Like I was expecting it to like hit me at like, I don't know, seven or eight, maybe 10. I wasn't expecting it to hit me hard at the third one that this is really hard. Yeah. And then it was like digging deep. What what are you going to do? Like, okay, you know, it's hard. What are you going to do anyway? Like yeah. what, what's it going to take? For yeah. You the to problem do is it? we don't have any mountains here to practice on. So it's not even like you can have an idea of what, yeah. you know, um, climbing an incline. Yeah. There's well, no and the conditions, the conditions. I mean, we were shin deep in mud. It was, it was bad. So I started listening to podcasts on the way up. While you're hiking. While we're hiking. Like oh, I found good. like these little things to do. Like, what am I going to do? And then as you know, it got later and later, then it was like, okay, I'm just going to walk from this uh, pole to that pole, mm-hmm. this chairlift pole to that chairlift pole. <laughs> and then we're going to stop. Short little wins. And it, yeah, it was like, just what are you going to do to grind away? Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, and a lot of suffering, I'm sure. It was, yeah. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. Like, yeah, but at the end of the day, you feel like a million bucks. Yeah. You know, even if you don't complete all 17, how fast did the fastest person do it? I'd be very curious. Oh, the guy who uh, wound up winning this year was so intense. Um, so he was like jumping in the gondola. So, you know, like, have you been to Ski Mountain? Where, so the gondola comes up and, you know, there's like a few gondolas. gondola like that's you were enclosed. enclosed. Oh, he yeah, was no, like jumping on the one that was like taken off so that he wouldn't even have to wait for the gondola. Yeah. Oh my. Super nice. Super nice. And like running up the mountain. Yeah. That is intense. An there were a lot. There were four Olympians there. Like this is like. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. This is like the real deal. The real deal. I'd be happy if I just did it once. You know, I'll take I'll take a one a one time victory. It was, you know, it was really it was cool to be around so many cool people. Yeah. So, yeah like, yeah. when was the last time you were around four Olympians? Right? Like Not recently. <laughs> I don't know if ever. Oh, we hiked with the um, one of the guys who just broke that record for cra- um, crossing Antarctica um, unmanned. What does that mean? Like he, he walked all the way across, across the other? Yes, Antarctica. The first person to walk with um without any assistance. So he didn't have a kite. He just had a sled and he didn't have any drop off like they didn't drop off food for him. So he had enough food to make the the crossing uh all on his sled. So How many pl- days? He set out for ninety. That was what uh they plotted, and I think he wound up doing it in fifty five. He did the last bunch uh, and it, he did an ultra marathon as the last like haul. What's an what define an ultra marathon? Uh, ultra marathons a hundred miles. I think he wound up okay. doing like eighty six in the last day. Like, yeah, in the last day. I mean, I guess you're like you're fired up. You're like I've got to do this. Uh, yeah. So and, he see, was that'd one be of cool the, if it wasn't so damn hot. I was, mean, uh, cold. He was one of the people doing the twenty nine zero twenty nine. I guess I mean, this how, man can confirm the Earth is not flat. <laughs> that's right. People must be freaking out right now. <laughs> Yeah, New York Times just did a big article on really? it. Really? Colin O'Brady. I'll show oh, you before know his we name. leave. Yeah, before we leave, I'll show you. And you met this guy? Oh yeah, super sweet. Super sweet. He's a young kid. Why? How old is this kid? I don't know. He's in his late twenties, early thirties. Thirty three, yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. He has quite a story. So he graduated college. Uh huh. 
um, and went off to Thailand or, you know, one of those places, like just to hang out for a while before he started working and wound up uh, jumping rope with, you know, jumping a fire rope, you know, like jumping rope with the fire that was on or like a hula hoop or something. Sure. I think it was a jump rope because he winds up jumping rope and then it gets caught around his neck and he is on fire and jumps into the ocean Uh to put out the fire. Uh And he's on, I think it was Bali or Thailand. One of those is on a very small island. There's no hospital and he has burns over, you know, 30% of his body. They wind up um, airlifting him to another island with the hospital. And he's told, you know, he's never going to walk again. And decides at that moment that he not only is going to walk again, but he's going to win a triathlon like that. No, like I'm going to participate in triathlon. I don't know, like less than a a year later, he winds up winning Chicago triathlon, but doesn't even know he won it. So like when you do the triathlon, they do it in stages. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. He just crosses. But, you know, there's no like finish line with a tape for him to cross through. Sure. He just finishes and he goes to like leave and someone gets him aside and is like, dude, you just won. And he's like, what? And oh, he, my God. Yeah. He had like the best time and he winds up being a professional athlete from there. Yeah. And then he climbs all of the highest peaks in. Um, he do Everest? He did Everest. And he has a whole story behind it about like getting to um, getting to that, you know, the second yeah yeah, to the top and um he's with a guide and they go up and have to come back down because this huge storm comes in and they're intense they don't you know it's really horrific and at that point he can't go back up because there's only x amount of oxygen tanks right Mm -hmm. so uh and they're all spoken for Mm -hmm. and the next group that's supposed to come up one of the people drops out so he gets to use his oxygen tank yeah gets to the top Yes, it's intense. He tells the story. It's so intense. Yeah, a million things come up with him. For the Tom other Brady. part that's so cool. He tells this story that's so like anybody can relate to this. He's in his um, mittens, uh. and um, he this is like when he was supposed to second summit, right? Sure. And he um, takes off his mittens, and he sees his hands are all black, and he's like, I can't believe like I have frostbite, but he does. He's afraid to tell anybody. He doesn't want to tell the wife on the satellite phone because he's afraid she's he's she's gonna say you can't summit. He's afraid to tell his guide because he doesn't want to ruin his chances. Uh-huh. So uh, he gets to the top of Everest and because he's in the world record book he has to take like specific photos so he has to take his hand out of the mitten to take a special photo and that's when he realizes it was the hand warmer that broke and it was the black charcoal that was all over his hands oh man but he tells like this story where he was convinced that he had frostbite and yet it wasn't it was just the 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 hand warmer this dude's an animal yeah and like just to be in around like people like this. You gonna take specific photos at the top of Everest? Yes. Well, he was in a he was in a world record. He was doing the um, all the summits in the fastest time. Jesus. Yeah. Colin O'Brady. Yeah. Uh, uh, I want to do Everest here. Pretty that intense. Is insane. And yeah. You met him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! A couple times, yeah. And was he go? Was he one of those guys going for the no. fastest time? Or no, just this was right out? before he left for Antarctica. So he was, um, he was just doing it to do it, uh-huh. uh, you know, as a, 
as a good just for fun. Just for fun. Oh my god! And he was there cheering everybody on and just hiking along. That's why I get to say I I hiked with him since he was just like not in you know ultra marathon mode. Sure. He was just walking like the rest of us. This I. People are going to be so angry that one he walked across the in Antarctica because people are going to be like, "Where's the ice wall?" You know, they we know you told we know they told you something. And the pictures is, from that are amazing. Yeah, I'm looking at them right now. This is yeah. wild. Yeah, he's super sweet, super sweet. Getting after it. Getting after it. I love it. Yeah. Kilimanjaro, Elbrus, yeah. South Pole. January tenth, twenty sixteen. The impossible. What I think uh, his ta- he has a tagline like something about like doing the impossible, making the impossible possible. Everest twenty nine thousand twenty nine feet. Yeah. Everest grows too every year. Oh, because of the ice. No, because of uh, the tectonic plates. I think really? it grows like four inches every year. Uh, how much does? I don't want to get this wrong and leave on a bad note, so I have to look this All up. All right, you look that up. Because I'm, I, I, I'm pretty sure it grows, and the increases. Uh, 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 Giant Everest is still growing and shaking. Mount Everest grows about a half inch taller each year. Yeah, okay. half inch. There you go. Look, when you're going to the highest place in the world, a half inch. Is a lot. Yeah, and I'm looking up because I don't want to screw up his. Oh, the impossible first. The what? That's his book. That's the name of the. Uh, that's the hashtag he used when he was crossing Antarctica. Is the impossible first be possible? Yeah, pretty intense. That is incre. That's incredible. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. All right. Hour forty-five. All right. It You're just, coming back after this. It just makes you no. think that you can do anything. I think that's the point that I yeah. guess I want to leave on. That's it's, good. It's like the stories that we tell each other in our in our own head, right? Sure. Like he told himself he had that frostbite. What like, stories do you tell yourself? Well, that's what he's going to say. Like I told myself that I was cured of cancer. And like I believe that. Do you think the power of belief? I think the power of belief. I believe in the power of the mind. We just did it before. Before the podcast, we were looking for uh, the, oh, yes. the corkscrew. The corkscrew for the wine. And I said, we're going to manifest finding this cross uh corkscrew and i said fine like come to me now and literally two seconds later we found the corkscrew it was the truth i said we're manifesting it and we found the corkscrew the yes we did sorry i had to take a video of it because you were so so excited but it is true i firmly believe in the power of manifest manifesting different things in the power of belief and we can manifest health you know, there's, I agree. it's not like because I got cured of cancer means that like I can't manifest again because I've used all mine up. That's another thing, another big takeaway that women feel like. Like I've survived cancer, so I'm not allowed anything else. What? Yeah. They're big beliefs that women have to get through for anything. Whether, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I don't even think – I think it's everybody. I yes. Don't even th- I want to say it's all women. Right. But I think it's everybody. You know, so many people – Abundance doesn't work like that. No. No. There's not a set amount of abundance for each person. Yes. Uh, my buddy Brian Carper, who's been on the show, says that all the time. He's like, there is abundance for everybody. You just got to want it. That's right. And you have to be in alignment with it. Yep. You have to be in alignment. And that's why those self-care rituals are so important because they they allow you the opportunity to understand what is of importance and mm-hmm. what it is that you want out of life so that you can attract it. 
I like it. Yeah. I like it. So how do people find you? People find me. How do they find out about you? Uh, I'm I don't recommend a phone number, but Instagram <laughs> or anything like that is probably I'm on good. Instagram as Christine Egan. I'm on Facebook as Christine Walsh Egan. I have a website, redefining-healthy. Um, I have a whole, you can click in, opt in. I have recipes. I have a whole. Yeah, e- I'll opt in. I have a cool email sequence where you get recipes. Say it one more time so I get it right. Redefining and then dash healthy.com. Did you find me? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Redefining dash healthy. Yes. You Ooh, found very me. Nice website. Yeah, it has a good opt in and it has that automatic email sequence that we were talking about I'm, earlier. I'm plugging it in right now. I'm giving my personal email. All right. So, cool. Christine, right. thanks for hanging out. Thanks for having Appreciate me. It. For hey, two you're always full welcome. hours. Yes. Hey, by the time this podcast is done, it'll be two full hours. I'll see you soon. Thanks, thanks for hanging out. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. As always, I am your host, Harrison Barron. Harrison underscore Barron on social media. If you don't already, smash that subscribe button. I greatly appreciate it. If you want to support the show, if you've made it this far, patreon.com forward slash Brutally Honest Podcast. You can go on there. You can uh, donate money per month to help the show uh, grow. And that's pretty much it, guys. BrutallyHonestPodcast.com. Tell a friend about it. Maybe you'll make their day. Uh, growing and sharing things with other people is, in my opinion, probably the best way to uh, to give and to give to other people. So definitely go check that out if you uh, if you haven't already. And just to show sponsors. All right, guys, we got Dream Dance Fitness, DreamDanceFitness.com. Go check them out. They got classes for everything that you want to do to get in shape, whether it's pole dancing, handstands, dance fusion, ballet bar, flexibility, aerial hoops, Zumba. They got all that. You can book online. They got a brand new website. It's absolutely beautiful. Definitely go check it out. They got walk-in packages. They got monthly packages, per-class packages. They got everything packages. A lot of packages, but they're not UPS, all right? Lots of packages. You can go and check it out if you're on Long Island, over in East Meadow, New York. 386 East East Meadow Avenue, East Meadow, New York, 11554. And uh, like I said before in the beginning, it's a adults-only uh, class, so you're not dealing with little kids in there. You can hang out as an adult and and worry and not have to worry about dealing with little children uh, interrupting your class. Secondly, Elise Margolin um, Photography is w- another sponsor of ours, so go check her out. Uh, her her Instagram handle is e underscore Margolin underscore photos. Ooh, excuse me, and in there you can. Check out all her stuff that she's working on. She has won a iPhone award. Uh, to give you the exact one, I yeah, iPhone uh, Photo Award dot net's number one photographer, uh, and she takes some amazing photos, both with a iPhone and with a professional camera. But uh, super super unique. She she does some amazing stuff. If it's headshots, if it's landscape, um, her and her company are just they they just take so much care of you. And if you go visit her online, elisemargolin.zenfolio.com, you can go on there and get a ton of ideas on what she's capable of doing. And uh, look, even if it's something unique and, and out of the blue, she'd probably be more than happy to have a conversation with you to make it work. Um, so that is Elise Margolin Photography, or Margolin Photography, Elise Margolin Photography, one or the other. And last but not least, Agile Dragon Consulting. So... Is your data agile? The world is constantly changing with so many different things going on. 
and businesses have to adapt to that they already have all of their data um and it's probably stored somewhere but is it being used correctly well uh, uh, agile dragon consulting is going to help you use that data correctly it's going to give you it's going to integrate with whatever you may need to produce you know you put in diamonds you get out diamonds if you have all this data agile dragon consulting is going to help squeeze out a diamond for you that can help your business in so many different regards um you know just didn't think about it in your personal life there's all this thing all these all this data going on phone numbers contacts just that and the other thing well agile dragon consulting is going to help you organize all of that and utilize it to make your business better all right and that's it guys agiledragonconsulting.com definitely go check it out and that's it guys two hours we're done thanks for tuning in i'll see you guys on the next episode love you